0: Welcome to the Haunted Hacker podcast version September 2.0. This is the second uh, podcast for this month. Um, A little bit of news before we get started. The episodes are now being sponsored by private internet access, PIAVPN.com forward slash haunted hacker. Get your 82% off for the month of October, the cybersecurity awareness month. Um, Speaking of which, I'll be speaking for ICE um, this upcoming month for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Uh, I spoke for DHS last year this time, and now I'm moving on to ICE, so we'll see how that goes. kind of looking forward to it. Um, Other than that, not a whole lot of news Uh, on the IT front. It looks like there's a new point of sale um, malware out, so watch where you put your credit cards and debit cards. Uh, Other than that, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, Today, I have Zanette. I'll have Zanette introduce herself. Uh, that you wrote. So tell us about your book.
1: Yeah, I've seen that documentary, and as I was seeing, like, it felt like it's my my book turned into a movie kind of situation. Oh my god, I discussed that. That's so true. Um, uh, it's really amazing. Uh, I think it's really important to talk about topics in about kids, like don't leave them behind, right? In in our cybersecurity conversations. But the book came about, it's published this year in the beginning of this year in February. It's my second children's book. And uh, like the first book, it's also inspired by my my kids. I, like I mentioned, I have four kids, two boys and two girls between the ages of 12 and three, 12, nine, uh, wow. seven and Uh, Almost three, I I should say almost almost because they don't like when I approximate their ages. (laughs) They want it to be exact on the same day, even if it's one day left. But um, during the pandemic, you know, they were playing online games uh, more than ever because that's the only social uh, interaction that they were able to do. So uh, on more than, I think, two occasions, um, two of my kids got hacked (laughs) in that process and that exposure and also a lot of the social media groups, moms groups that I've seen. I've seen a lot of kids getting hacked and saying, oh, we lost our digital currency. And um, that whole thing's part of the conversation that we were having. I thought it might be useful if it's happening in our home. This conversation must be happening elsewhere too. So I thought it, it might be a good idea to. To emphasize the importance of online safety teaching them you know as much as we're giving them the tablets connecting them to the internet anything home and it's connected to the internet becomes vulnerable so uh, how do we uh, instill that uh, security mindset uh, for the younger generation uh, talking to them about don't share your password even if they're your best friends and uh, be careful about how you share your personal information. And then just um, teaching them about basic security, right? In using like the gaming, because that's something that they can relate to. If you talk to them, when I do author visits in schools or some community events, when I mention like who plays online games, everybody raises their hand, right? The boys, the girls. So it's something that you can relate with the kids uh, before you impart in that important information about uh, limit your screen time. That's one of the themes or Um, How do you be careful about uh, not sharing your personal information that includes your school name, home address, Um, just as much as we tell them, be careful when you cross the street, Uh, we tell them like to hold hands or not to talk to strangers, but how are we really as parents uh, teaching them to be careful online as well? I think that's something I've seen disconnect from my home and then from the community that I am in and the mom groups that I've seen. And just I don't need a case study. I have four kids. Like they they I know how they interact, I know how much they love the games, and I know how much they're vulnerable and they're targeted. So the book on hacked again, I have it here.
0: That's so awesome. uh,
1: all of the four kids um. Are my own kids in their own names. I want to make sure that uh, kids who look like me and my kids are also represented in the book. So um, uh, it's um, teaching kids the, just the basics of online safety. But at the same time, I've also noticed that as a career transitioner to the field of cybersecurity, I noticed that the field is diverse. Um, so inspiring girls who look like uh, me and my kids to aspire to be in this field as well and um, see this
0: as
1: their career option, uh, you know, yeah. to be in to cybersecurity too. So that's, that's yeah, the
0: absolutely. premise of the book. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, you have a lot going on with that book. I think the diversity aspect of it is super important, but the fact that you're addressing and, and making it consumable for children, I think is super important because what I've noticed with with parents and, and the children, it's not that the parents don't care, um, a lot of them don't know. And then there's a huge gap, a huge knowledge gap when it comes to the technology that the kids are using and the games are playing with the parents. Um, so they don't necessarily know everything that goes on in the game and, and who they're talking to and, and, you know, the transactions they're, they're doing online. Um, so I think it's super important. And that conversation is, you know, I've always I've often wondered, how do you address how do you bring it up with a child? Um, when online gaming became a thing for my son, he was already probably 10 or 12. Uh, so by then it was it was super easy to explain it to him and to show him the, the repercussions and consequences of what happens when you get hacked online. Um, however, like the younger kids, I've seen as young as like four or five uh, playing online games on, on iPads. I mean, how, how do you even address that conversation with a five-year-old? <laughs>
1: I I agree I think uh, to the point that you mentioned like parents are well-intentioned it's just the gap like me as someone who didn't grow up with online games or access to the internet like I don't know these things the only thing I know is Mario games Uh, and my kids think that I'm very old school like what do you play Uh, I wish I could play their games they even created an account for me like Minecraft Roblox but I just don't have the time but I try to make sure that what they're playing on, what apps are downloaded, like the basic things that we we tend to neglect. I think those are the things like just be mindful, like um, I'm learning, I don't know what I'm doing, but I think those are the main things. But uh, to your point, I think this uh, book is meant to be like a conversation starter, right? Through this kind of stories, if you're having a conversation, the kids understand as young as five, like the book is written, um, from age 6 to 13, 14, but the message could go beyond that because kids older also play online games, these games that we know of. The game that's mentioned in the book is fictitious, but they know what game I'm talking about when- they're, they're playing it, right? It's called Z- Zokanda. Is the name of the game, the platform, and then there are different games on it, but they know the digital currency. When they get hacked, the digital currency that they lose makes them so stressful <laughs> that they ask their parents to replace that for them because now they lost everything that they've built, the avatar and all of those things, right? That's something that I learned from my kids. But Um, This type of conversation having within the family uh, and and opening that line of communication between a child and a parent, like that's what I emphasize most in the book is that if, if they run into issues online, because we cannot monitor them all the time, even if you have parental control, right? are they comfortable to come to us and tell us that they run into issues before trying to resolve that on them, by themselves um, or uh, be, uh, you know, a target for online predator and they don't tell you anything until it's too late? We don't want that to happen. So like, communication what happened like what play what games are you playing uh, if you have time play with them like those are the things that i i try to do but um you know there's never uh, you know enough time to to sit down and right. play what does they would like to play and if you don't put limits they would like to play all the time it's never sometimes i try to test them like to see when they would stop it's never it's, even if they're hungry they're not going to stop so uh, we, we put time limits at nighttime, it's not allowed on weekends, it's only like two, three hours, but they always ask for extension, they manipulate you, You how kids are, so um, I I think um, having conversation, just small, every time, let's be careful what to click for, phishing is discussed, two-factor authentication is discussed, I think in in stories that are relatable, I think we can um, part in more messages, and hopefully we have more cartoons about Cybersecurity and that type of thing. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe you could turn your documentary to a cartoon episode on PBS or uh, that type of thing, because they like to watch those and they like to relate to those um, stories.
0: You know, it's 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 really funny. I actually did a, a podcast episode um, with uh, some guys last year, and they created a they had their artist create a uh, cartoon character mm. of my of my likeness, I guess. And it was so creepy to see myself in a cartoon. Character. <laughs> But you know, sky's the limit, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe there might be a cartoon or something coming out. Um but I think it's I think it's really cool the way that you set up the book and the way that you use your own stories and your own your own children as the examples. I I think that that adds a, a real touch to it because I think another thing that lacks in the discussion with cybersecurity and kids is exactly what happens. You know, let's talk about the bad stuff that happens. You know, I think that's important. And I think your book delivers that in a way that, you know, it's not in the face of the kids and it's not, you know, shocking, but it's enough to, to get them thinking of, you know, hey, maybe I don't want that to happen. to me. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to protect kids. You know, I, I, I had two boys uh, when they were teenagers that when they got online, you know, no telling what happened. I actually mm-hmm. had one of them who hid his phone for me for probably about a month. And uh, his brother had told me that he had gotten malware on his phone. And he was a teenager in high school. So, you know, just assume what he was probably doing with his phone. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I I asked him where his phone was at, and he brings it to me. And it's got an FBI, you know, this this device has been locked by the FBI. You have to pay X amount of, you know, crypto through PayPal, just nonsense, right? But he thought it was actually the FBI. And that's Mm -hmm. how scared he was. And I had to sit down and have the discussion with them, you know, the things you do have consequences. So, you know, it may be malware this time, but who knows next time it could be the FBI. Okay. Um, you know, so I think it's really important to, to be honest with kids and transparent. And, you know, if they have a question, like my son asked me about, you know, trafficking and what happens with, with child trafficking, mm-hmm. um, because they, t- they talk about that a lot on TV and online. So, you know, have those discussions. It's, it's a difficult discussion to have, uh, know especially as a parent um but it's things that they need to hear so you know if you're listening to the podcast don't avoid those conversations with your kids for sure
1: or don't assume that they're too young because if they're connected if they're playing if they're they're connected to the internet i have a a device i think they're smart we underestimate kids they are very smart there are times that i even hear them like when cooking in the kitchen like they have conversations and they know and they see what you're doing so Right. Uh, be a good role model i think as an adult i think because more than what you they listen to what you tell them i think they see what you're doing um so uh, you know uh, i mean that time on the phone or on on their computer might be because they see us do it a lot more uh, but uh, it's important to have <laughs> those conversations for sure uh, and the the concept of online predator was also discussed and i think 90% of 95% of the things that ha- that was written in the book is um actually what happened at one point when my kid was talking to someone and um he was telling him like he's his big brother don't talk to anybody else uh they're telling you behind that those avatars that they're 13 or 12 year old boys but you never know it can be an adult big man i mean who's targeting those people for uh, some other inappropriate things right so it's, exactly. it's important so it's just at the moment it was just a parent and a kid conversation blocking the person and everything but then after i published the first one it's like it became a thing after they got had like oh this could teach People, something, and have a com having a conversation and speaking about turning yourself into a cartoon. I think I did mine, so it is weird. That's
0: awesome. When
1: when I do the book, she's in a meeting, so she's uh, the kid is uh, coming to tell her about the hack. So she's she's scared. You know how they are scared about telling what happened because they were told to be careful, and especially if it happened, you know, more than once because it's oh no, hacked again uh, because it has happened before. (laughs) So uh, it'll be cool.
0: Yeah, it definitely happens a lot with kids too. Um, you know, just not too long ago, I was, was talking about an incident where a kid got hacked and had his dad's credit card taken from his online gaming account and used. So, I mean, you, there's there's risk to the kids and to the parents. So, one thing that, that I like to do, I, and I, I've done this for a very long time, um, is use VPN when it comes to gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, if your kids use a VPN client when they game, but is super important, especially on your phones. Uh, they have apps for phones now as well.
1: Our networks are uh, divided. Like we, they use a different one. They don't log into the one that you use for work. That's right. something that they say always. Can we connect to yours? Because yours is faster. Sometimes they do that, but we <laughs> we do that not only for security purposes, uh, but just from efficiency and management. Because we use that to lock it at some point or something like that. But. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So I, I usually use VPN. VPN helps protect the, the child's identity as far as the IP address, um, you know, being able to trace them back. And this is a, a, a selfless plug for the sponsor of the episode. Um, private Internet, private internet Access.com uh, has VPN clients for kids, for, for mobile phones, for uh, laptops, you name it. Um, it helps protect your child's identity. IP address, location uh, when it comes to, you know, malicious outsiders or predators on games. Uh, super important to play games through VPNs. Uh, I can't stress that enough uh, because our, there is account information, credit card information, private data that you don't want to slip it out. So get a chance, go to PIAVPN.com forward slash haunted hacker, buy your VPN and protect your kids. So, Zanet, tell me, tell me about the next book you're
1: writing. Like I mentioned, I'm in grad school, so I'm kind of very squeezed in, and I'm also trying to work uh, like a, a grown up book with other professionals that's yet to be announced. Uh, so, the, in the prep work uh, for that one. Uh, but I have ideas, but you know how when you're busy, you, you get good ideas. But I am prioritizing about finishing my school uh, and other stuff. But um, it's in the works. I have ideas.
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: never run out of inspiration when you have four kids.
0: Oh, no. You never run out of stories, either. The stories that, that you can culminate through the years of, of raising kids is just amazing, especially when it comes to technology. Exactly. Crazy. Okay. So as far as, uh, you know, your, your move to the States and, and, you know, what was it like for you coming to the States? And what's it like going into cybersecurity? As a female, not only just as a female, but from another country, from another culture, from another background.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, nine years ago is when we moved uh, to from Ethiopia, where you never see snow, 13 months of sunshine. That's what it's called Ethiopia. It's always sunny, even in winter. Like our winter, it's just rain you know, just spring, um, to the winter Minnesota. And Minnesota, I mean, everybody knows. (laughs) When I say six months of Minnesota, people say that you're so innocent thinking that Minnesota's winter is only six months. (laughs) It's been an interesting change. uh, for sure. So uh, when I moved here we have, I have, you know, the three year old and then I was also seven months pregnant with the second one who's nine and a half now. Uh, and we knew no one when we moved here, it was just my husband knew someone from high school. Um, he reached out over Facebook messenger where she said, you know, come on over. Uh, but that's the only reason why we chose Minnesota, because a lot of people ask us, like, why Minnesota for the you can not be anywhere? Um, we love Minnesota now. The summer is nice. Uh, I just don't like the cold. Uh, so we moved here and then the transition was huge. Like I said, I had a legal background. So uh, soon after I had my, you know, the second child, I, and we settled, you know, to, it's a lot of things because we, we didn't know anybody, like I said. Because the person who even welcomed us, she had to go back to Ethiopia with her family four days after we arrived because she never visited. I think she didn't visit her country for eight to nine years. So she had to go back. We came here while she was in the process of going back. So it was just like a few days of, oh, here's Minnesota, here's Costco, here's the store. And then she left and it was just us in winter. So we most of the time figured out um, things on our own. But we meet people that we call family afterwards. Um, because we there is a you know a huge community of Ethiopians and immigrants also in, in Minnesota so uh, that helped us but uh, I didn't know of cyber security I just wanted to be in technology because I've always been fascinated by technology and how it solves people problem like just the idea of being transitioning to how do people solve problems through technology from just not having it right so that was like a huge jump but I wanted to just be in some school. I took like a placement test went to a nearby community college and just enrolled into an associate's degree program for computer programming. I have no I have no maths background like I said in low school they don't teach you math or any computing stuff. Uh, so it was a huge huge um, intimidating classes because a lot of the classmates never looked like me. A lot of the classes that I've been on and then the things that they talk about right this project we did it in high school and in, in high school. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't have computers in high school. So it was a huge, huge change, a huge adapting and a huge learning curve. Uh, finished my associate's degree uh, from there and transitioned to a four-year university because even finishing four-year, the two-year degree didn't help me see myself doing any of the things because yet I felt like it's a lot of projects, uh, programming language, a lot of math classes, catching up on things, but I finished the two-year degree within t- uh, two years. Um, and then transitioned to a four-year degree for computer science. Again, in that process, during this my senior year, that's when I got exposed to the concept of cybersecurity, which is interesting. Even for computer science programs, they don't have computer security classes. It's a Java programming <laughs> that type of stuff, uh, which is good for an operating system and discrete math, but not. It was only an elective class uh, in computer security. That's when okay maybe let me learn about that and then i took that elective class i could have chosen someone something else too but i chose that through that exposure uh the professor had he was also coaching at the same time a cyber defense competition ccdc a collegiate competition and he invited the whole class like come and join it's on a saturday it's it's an additional responsibility right besides taking you know the full-time classes and family responsibility is to go to on a saturday and, and, and train. train Most of it is self-learning, um, so I became part of that. Long story short, from a full class, it was only eight students needed. Um, the people who hold up until the end were eight of us uh, got picked uh, to represent the university, and that exposure um, really uh, helped me kind of see a sneak peek of a, like a security world, what a blue team does, uh, the, the, you know, the The red teamers uh, that are creating that uh, fictitious, I guess, um, hack process. You know, the cyber defense competition. And our uh, uh, the university that I represented um, secured a third place from Minnesota universities. So that gave me uh, a good exposure, like teamwork, um, uh, fighting against a common goal. It it teaches you a lot of things. I guess that you know more than the degree program. I think that has helped me. And then afterwards, I started. Pursuing certifications, uh, network plus security plus UISA, uh, and you name it afterwards. I never stopped, right, since uh, 2018. Um, so that's how I got introduced to security, and I was doing an IT internship at a local government. So I started looking for roles within secure, within the same organization that is closest to security, and I found an IT uh, security internship and IT audit team. Uh, that's when uh, I got my first full-time job before graduation uh, after interning for three months. So it's a, it's a lot of, it's a long story, but uh, compressed in short, but that's, um, that's in a nutshell, my, my transition into the world of cybersecurity coming from a different continent uh, to, um, you know, making that. And so after the IT auditing role, I transitioned to an information security engineering role at the state government, uh, and currently, you know, after two years, to um, a cloud security engineering space uh, at a Fortune 500 company, Best Buy. So very,
0: very, very that's uh,
1: cool. the short story, <laughs> but it's that's never short. Time. It's never short. I try to do my best.
0: <laughs> uh, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I, coming from another country, I think that that gives you a little bit of insight um, and a little bit. Of different experience than most people get and I I realized that when I went overseas and got kind of stuck in Europe for a couple years um, you know completely different culture even though they spoke the same language they looked the same it was still a different culture and I think the customs and traditions and, and the way you do things on a daily basis just fitting into that culture is an experience within itself and I think every kid should have that experience of going to another country and immerse himself into another culture for a while, because it opened my eyes to so many things, you know, traveling to Asia and Singapore, and, you know, the middle East and, and, you know, the Mediterranean, there's so many different cultures and each one has something you can learn from. Um, so I like to say that my experience is a culmination of tons of different cultures and tons of different countries. And I think it makes a person well-rounded, you know, it gives them a better, you know, insight into how things operate, not just, you know, within an organization, but on a human level. Uh, And it's cool to see the similarities between different cultures. Uh, And I think diversity, I, I, I really bang a drum when it comes to diversity, because I think it takes multiple different types of minds and styles of thinking and problem solving to really address a problem. And for the longest time, cybersecurity was so male driven that, you know, we didn't have that diversity. and I think now that we're starting to, to really experience that, I have to say, you know, times now are much easier to address problems than before because mm-hmm. we think differently. There's so many different styles of thinking in an organization now as opposed to before where it was very black and white and this is the way we do things and there was mm-hmm. no room to look outside the box. And it's people like you that come into the industry that, that really give us like a fresh set of eyes. And a fresh experience. I think it's really cool. So kudos for that. Um, so tell me about you know the the nonprofit that you're involved in.
1: Yeah, it's uh, um, recently joined. It's uh, called Black Girls in Cyber. It's founded by the amazing uh, Talia Parker. Um, it's an organization, a nonprofit organization, uh, to help. Uh, women of color and privacy technology, like cybersecurity, uh, like it's all about finding that tribe. Um, pro, you know, they, uh, there's different programming to uh, train women to um, be ready to the cybersecurity workforce, like providing that pipeline, finding internships, um, and just uh, training them as a cohort for security certifications. Um, and and getting them ready for the workforce. So I work in the um, community outreach as a director, uh, along with my amazing board members. Um, So we work together and uh, it's very growing, even since like uh, a lot of work was done when I joined, but it's uh, fast growing. So uh, check out Black Girls in Cyber, whoever is listening to uh, this podcast.
0: That's very cool. Yeah, I've also had um, Black Girls Hack on the podcast, as well as uh, Blacks in Cybersecurity Big. Uh, and all, the, all those groups are really cool. Uh, I met some really cool people through those groups and some really interesting red teamers.
1: Because uh, mm-hmm.
0: my background is, is red team. that's mm-hmm. where the school that I come from. So, yeah, seeing the things that people are doing to help out, you know, to create diversity and to really, you know, help out, you know, people, I think is really awesome you know, I can't say enough for those organizations. So going back to your time in school and kind of what, you know, switched on the light for cybersecurity, you talked about the cyber challenge and that competition. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in Texas, I, I participated in one, I was a red team portion the attackers for university of North Texas. And so we basically fought against the, the college students and they had to defend their networks and, and, keep us out it was really cool watching them, you know pretty much play you know line by line from the education that they were receiving at the time on how to stop these different attacks mm-hmm. and different variations it was a lot of fun um but the experience you gained from that that it's almost like a real world experience did you get that feel like you were actually in something very serious that you needed to like address yeah like
1: yeah, I think that's what interested me is that it's hard in the beginning because especially for someone who didn't have the background, um, just this the learning was. I, I remember it was taking a lot more time to learn that versus doing school projects that were due because uh, I was taking full time classes for the program in undergrad. But then this the self help um, and learning that you do, it's it's a lot more. Uh, and then the interaction that you have and just understanding of it I think it's just a passion something that you like that it's uh, I always say that like look outside of your curriculum to find something that might interest you may not be the classes but maybe this is the one so um, yeah definitely it has sparked uh, the interest like security sounds like something I could do you know and it's and then the more I learn about it, the more diverse, uh, like, um, incredibly broad <laughs> field that you could be doing so many things within it. I think that had me interested in pursuing um, more learning outside of the, you know, the, the the undergrad program. It was just more like learning the network plus the security plus UISA. And I was able to Get those certifications while doing my full time classes because now I know what I want to be, where I wanted to be. Um, So, uh, definitely a good uh, something that uh, students on their campuses to tap in and check to see, you know, like it might be, it's a good experience to talk about it on interviews too. When I didn't have any experience, all I could talk about was that experience and then the certifications that I pursued while being in school. So, uh, sometimes the, the degrees help you for the HR but you have to have something that would differentiate you from the crowd, uh, it could be internship. And I think for me, it's a combination of a little bit of everything, the degree, uh, and also the transferable skills that you're getting from law school, <laughs> in my experience mm-hmm. in the field, and coupled with the certifications and uh, those things, I think those are um, very valuable. And then, and then you learn on the go, because uh, there is no such a thing as, you know I have a degree and I'm done, because it's a
0: continuous exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's my folly. Um, You know, I've been to multiple colleges, but I've never, I have probably have enough credits for a bachelor's, but I, I just never finished school because I just enjoy going to school. Um, and, and you're a great role model for young women coming into cyber. What would be your, I guess, uh, most important piece of advice for young women coming into cyber?
1: Mm. I would say it's very broad and there is a place for everybody uh, and especially like women until recently it was only 11%. That's, uh, I mean, 11% of the whole industry and now we're up to 24%. And I think I saw some post this morning on LinkedIn about, we're, we're saying that it's 24%, but where are the women? We're not seeing them or something like that. I mean, there are a lot of the women, but um, I think what is it that that's holding off uh, is it because um, it's portrait, the way we portray cybersecurity is really, you know, uh, the hacker thing, it's like you don't have to be always, thinking, not, you don't have to be always on the red team and you don't have to be uh, a math genius because that was the reason why that led me to pursue a different track back home because I always thought that I'm bad at math but when I came here I had to face it because you cannot like two things and um, say that you want to be in technology and avoid it like I had to study harder to pass through those college algebra discrete math all the math that you can think of in computer science or programming classes I took that and I was able to get ace because um, I believe that i I, I would do it this time. You know, I'm not going to shy away from it. Uh, so it's not only math. It, you don't have to be a programmer. There's a thing called technical and non-technical things. I don't know how those are defined, but I don't like them. Uh, If you're in cybersecurity, you're doing anything. I mean, it it involves technical knowledge. So it depends on what kind of definition we're we're attached to the word technical and non-technical. But you do belong uh, and you just pursue it. Find the areas of cybersecurity that interests you from the whole nine, seven domains. It could be digital forensics. Um, It could be uh, working in the cloud learn the cloud and learn the you know the basics of security and how do you, how to manage risks um, and just um, go for it if you like it i mean it may not be for everybody it may not interest you but if that is your interest I think if you want something you'll get it you'll make it happen I think that's my mantra
0: so yeah, yeah that's, that, that's a good mantra to have I, you know I, I try to tell people that you know I, I, I mentor a couple guys who, one of them is, is terrified of speaking in front of people, or giving a presentation, that's and sweet. I try to explain to him that this is part. This is a soft skill. You have to have this skill, and trust me, nobody likes getting up for the first time. But it's something we have to do. You know, broaden yourself, push yourself a little bit, and that's what I tell people. I, I challenge people to learn something new every day, and do something they've never done before every day. Um, you know, just expand your horizons because cybersecurity is very broad. Um, There's tons of principles and and different uh, verticals, just a lot of stuff that goes on. Um, You know, I think it's important to really push yourself to experience new things because in cybersecurity, there's tons of things you can experience, tons of different roles. Um, Mm -hmm. I've worked on both red teams and blue teams, and I think it's important to be well rounded. So, never, you know, my advice would be never limit yourself, Um, always shoot for the stars. At least you'll come up to the moon if you fall short. So um, any last words for us, Zanette? Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, I'd love to uh, do maybe a collaboration on a kid's book sometime. You know, Ooh, maybe, that. maybe the hacker meets the kids at one point.
1: Oh, I love that. I think I'd love that. That would be great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> be a, good, a good illustration of, of you. <laughs> awesome. awesome. So, yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. And I just want to say as, as a last comment, like, You know, uh, pursue your pursue your dreams. I mean, um, if I think we overthink things in cybersecurity. Have I, you know, have I known? (laughs) I don't know how to speak English. uh, The the complexities and the or the challenges that we talk about within the industry beforehand. Maybe I would have been too scared. So just um, just find your area of passion and pursue that and start today. Because. We always say tomorrow, tomorrow. That's never my thing. Like if I have an idea, the moment I have an idea about writing the book, um, I I never wrote a book. I never uh, did anything. I taught myself online or through clubhouse apps and all of those things, learning from other authors how to teach myself to publish books. And I have two award winning books right now. And so I just want to say you know, if you have a goal, um, uh, don't don't put it for tomorrow. If it can be done today. Something to start. You know, it's something. Like just uh, do it today. Uh, that's also another one of my mantra. But thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you and look forward to that partnership
0: in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, and, and please stay in touch. And for the rest of you, um, we'll see you uh, probably next week. And between now and then, be nice to each other. Don't know each other. And watch out for your kids. I'll see you guys later. Thank you, Zanette.
1: you Mike.